0: Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast! Hey, And here's your host, a man who's had many a secret invasion in his pants, Derek McCaw!
1: Oh, the visual. I, I'm really afraid to follow that. You know, families listen to this. Anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and uh, this is the Fanboy Planet Podcast, of course. Podcasting live from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. With us at the table, first of all, just hopping in with foodstuffs, which he's probably not going to share. But No, that's he okay. won't share.
2: Come on, there are bagels in a chemotherapy bag.
1: You really want one? <clears throat> no, but why don't you tell us who you are? Hey, I'm Michael Radioactive Goodson. Fantastic. And of course, my fabulous announcer.
0: Uh, Lon Not Radioactive Lopez. Mm-hmm and
1: sound Rick, engineer
3: Rick socially active Brett Snyder You're socially active? I am. Does Debbie know? I uh,
1: it's a social thing. It's not uh, sexual. Oh, okay. Oh, well apparently. You were going there? I maybe. Yeah. Top of our podcast. Well, this not necessarily a sponsor, but we got some pretty exciting news for uh, local comic book fans. Uh, we knew that Supercon, which we did a very successful podcast from last last year interviewing a lot of people, uh, they just emailed me be- right before this podcast an announcement of, we know, of course we know it's San o- in San Jose at the convention center in the big tent, May 17th and 18th, but we have got, uh, this just in, special guest of honor, well, I guess, uh, or a special guest, Jorge Garcia. Curly Hurley. From Lost is coming to San Jose, which as they put it, uh, makes this uh, makes this one of the top conventions in the- in the country. Well, let's hope. Is that all it takes? Yeah, apparently that's it. To have a, but here's listen. Who else is coming? Sergio Aragonis. All right, uh, like him. Small drawings. David Bullock, who is the episode director on the Clone Wars and directed uh, Justice League: The New Frontier. Uh, Travis Charest. Is that how you say it? Charest. Uh, Charest. Michael Golden, from the artist oh, of the yeah. Micronauts. I haven't seen him at a convention in a while. Greg Horn, uh, which I think Goodson will just, just Fan stand favorite. around. Adam Hughes. So that's two people that you'll actually look at. Um, sure. Oh. sure. Joe Jusco. Oops, that's three. Uh, let's see. Frank Cho is coming. Four. Uh, four. Yeah, four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Steve Lealoha. No. So. Okay, well, he's the anchor on fables. Uh, Daniel Logan, who was the young Boba Fett from Star Wars Episode Two. Terry Moore is coming. Bill Morrison, who uh, came, I think came out last year, the co-founder of Bongo Comics, publisher of The Simpsons. Uh, I hope I say this right. San Julian, the legendary Spanish artist famed for his cover work on Vampirella. Let's go to Lon Lopez.
0: <coughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh and of course our friend Jane Weedland is coming again. Yay Jane. Okay, so uh so there's a lot of, there's a, there's going to be a cosplay. Is Noelle contest.
0: Neal going to be there this year?
1: Uh doesn't say. Not, she wasn't oh, there last she year. wasn't there last year.
0: I thought you met her at Supercon. No, we no, met her at Wonder it, it, Wondercon. Oh, um, right.
1: But uh but Durr. anyway. Sorry. Anyway, so that's at San Jose Convention Center, South Hall, 425 South Market Street in San Jose. And tickets are going to be $20 for a one-day pass or $30 for a two-day pass. You can get them on the door online at www.super-con.com or an advance to your local comic book retailer, like elusive comics and games. I
3: thought they were great people when we met, them, met the organizers there. Yeah. They were, they were spot on, great, accessible. Absolutely, absolutely. Supercon was a
0: cool convention. Yeah, it was for a really, little,
3: for little con, it was a concentrated uh, jewel of a con.
1: It was, uh, yeah, and him. I also
0: hear, for you guys out there that are fans of uh, Hurley, uh, he likes tacos, so bring, him, bring tacos to Supercon eat them up.
1: Uh, we're going to let you uh, do that and then see if, if you know, if, sure. here's the thing. We, I, I we, always
2: eat tacos, strangers bring me.
1: When we when we send Lon <laughs> to Supercom, we're going to play a game of of, of of Spot the Hurley. Is it live or is it Lopez? Mm. We'll see how that goes. Mm. Alright, so we got now on to the the meat of the podcast, if you will. We've got, of course, some comics news. A huge, huge decision this week in, in the courts of the land, higher courts of the land. Um, and, of course, we've got some movie news and television kind of DVD announcements that, that tie into fanboyism. Top story this week. The Seagull Estate just won a decision. They are co-owners of the Superman copyrights. Oh, the whole, not just Superboy. The whole thing. Actually, the whole what they have... Nevada. And boy, this does get to be really complex. Sorry, kill L. We'll so- try to go. As, as does that mean we're
3: going to get Superboy back we'll in the that. comics? Well, Dan
1: DiLeo apparently did say made some slip of the tongue and said in a couple of years that you know when they revive whatever Con plan or something that there will <laughs> now be. they're going to kill Superman? That there's a Superboy. <laughs> what they actually have the rights to is Action Comics number one. So. Or the you know the, the copyright there. This apparently, and boy, this is going to be t- people this does not include the trademark. So like the actual logo of Superman, they don't get a right to. Really? Because it's a trademark. It's not a copyright. So it's like the twisted
3: inversion of the Shazam. There is
1: so much to be sorted so through. So Connor
2: can show up wearing a Superman logo. We just can't call him Superboy.
1: Right. Right. Wow. Um, it's complex, um, but basically, what it goes to incredible re- to guy, is, is, you're here. What it goes to is anything that's that happens from 1999 forward. So it does throw into doubt like anything that's w- it, the planned Superman returns returning sequel, uh, Man of Steel. I'm sorry, that's what it's called. You know, because Warner would have to share uh, a portion of the profits, and now what's and going that in, would be wrong. Right. Um, wait, that was weird. I think I followed you, uh, but and right now, of course, Time Warner and DC Comics is appealing that decision yet again. This may go to the Supreme Court. This is a, a bizarrely incredible copyright case. As well, it should. As well, it should. Okay. Yeah, because the
3: Supreme Court has nothing better.
1: But, but the thing, but the things that don't the
2: right to Superboy, Superman.
1: No, Superboy is already sorted out. That's not Sorry. that's not a question. It is Superman that that, that is the question. But the things that get really weird are, of course, anything that happened in Action Comics Number 1, anything established about Superman in Action Comics Number 1, the seagulls ha- shared this copyright, but that means the fact that Superman flies, yeah, it's not in that's there. not in Action Number 1. It's like 30 Lex issues Luther later. Lex Luthor isn't there. Kryptonite, almost everything about the Superman mythology... Was introduced on the radio show, actually. Uh, Kryptonite was on the radio show yeah. as an excuse for the actor to get a vacation. Uh, so they could be replaced by someone just moaning in the background while Lois... There, thank you. Who says you don't have a future? Oh, that was me. Okay, so... Uh, i to
2: heat up my bagel. Ron, just moan for a few
1: seconds. Go ahead and pretend you're Goodson. And so, um, so Lex Luthor, almost everything. So really it is just the central figure of Superman. But, of course, you really can't do much about Superman comics without Superman. Although they did do that for a while. There was a death. That's how we got Steel. All right, I'm glad he left for that. Lucky us. Yeah, lucky us. So, um, of course, if this if this maintains, <coughs> a similar lawsuit is going on over at Marvel. Joe for Joe Simon. For Captain America? Claims for Captain America. Ah. And the thing is, and why this works is, it's a question like work for hire. Like Neil Gaiman posted on his blog saying, you know, people are, why aren't you pursuing Sandman? Well, he already has an agreement in place where he's happy with Sandman. But he knew what he was doing going in. But Joe Simon's case and the Siegel's case is that they created Superman, or Joe Siegel, uh, Jerry Siegel, uh, created Superman for a newspaper strip originally, and that and that's how they were able to regain that right. It's not a work for hire because Superman was created before there was a Detective Comics. And the same thing as the argument that Joe Simon's making is that he created Captain America. Jack Kirby teamed with him. And then they presented it to Marvel, or what was at the time uh, timely. timely, timely comics. So, good time for Steve Rogers to be dead, perhaps, uh, because Marvel, you know, one, it kind of puts that little evil spin there, is that you know Marvel needs Steve Rogers to be dead until this gets resolved. Wow. So. Wow. But who, you know, who else might step forward and do this, you know? It's almost like they're waiting out everybody else's estate. What about estate? the Bob Kane estate? Bob Kane was taken care of very well. Okay. Very well. To the detriment of everybody else because uh, there's been a lot of evidence online. Bob Kane was even a bigger hack than you might have imagined. That story in Detective Comics number 27. Every panel has been successfully traced to an earlier uh, big little book. Oh, really? And and newspaper strips by other people. So traced and redrawn mm-hmm. nicely. Mm-hmm. by you know by, by other people and, you know. So, although Bob Kane did eventually learn how to draw on the style of Bob Kane, someone else, probably Jerry Robinson, actually developed the Bob Kane style. And if you've ever, if you've ever like read some of the early Batman's and realized it does look wildly different from Detective yeah. Number Twenty Seven to what became signed Bob Kane by the time of Batman Number One. So
2: he made he played it very smart though, cashing out and just getting his name on everything uh-huh, Batman that related. Was,
1: that was the deal he got. Brilliant. Unlike Siegel and Schuster, who were paid off for very low, and even when they when they made a stink back in 78 when Superman the movie came out, um, uh, their stipend was only like $30,000 a year. Well, you consider the Time Warner's raking in billions. Right. The other thing with this is they only own the copyright in the United States because copyright laws differ across oh, the Oh, so well, European distribution, so, they don't get a cut of that at all. So Time Warner's happy with that. So we're not going to see DC stop publishing Superman. So but this could
2: go to the world court?
1: Is there a world court? Sure. <laughs> Usually that's reserved for people like Hitler. Sure. There are three, there are three, but I'd love to see Superman on trial at the <laughs> world three court. Three brains
3: in a dome under a, a cavern under the earth. Five
1: quatlos on the K- K- Kryptonian. Uh, so, Oh, my gosh. All right. Speaking of that, sort of, we've got a secret invasion this week. <laughs> Nice transition. <laughs> Not really, um, but I was trying. Is that uh,
2: why there are Secret Invasion Number no. One strewn about our table? Because we were
1: reading it. You can have a chance while you're eating your bagel to read Secret Invasion Number no. One, as long as you don't spit bagel pieces out. I don't want to ruin it. And don't don't move your lips. All right. So, uh, well, three of us at this table have read Secret Invasion Number no. One, the huge event uh, that is launching, that is beating Final Crisis to the table by about a month. Um, but has been in in the works allegedly for years. Brian Michael Bendis given an interview where he said the earliest recorded appearance of a Skrull swap out would be the New Avengers number one. But not even artist David Finch knew, knows who it is, which is a little a little bothersome. If I were David yeah. Finch, uh, so a little callback to that issue in Secret Invasion. Yes, too. yes, because it kind of comes full circle there. Yeah. So, comments those that read lawn. Well, why don't you guys go first? Okay. I thought it was nine.
3: I'm el- the sandpaper. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought it was nine eleven for the for Marvel Universe. Totally. I mean, it's like boom. Everything goes. You know, there's planes going down, helicopters going down. Just like everything's falling apart. The 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 scrolls just push the button. The, all their plans just are locking into place. I thought for a magazine that uh, is kind of encompassing what I'm expecting is happening in a lot of other books as well mm-hmm. I thought it was fine the, the pacing of it is a little brisk and you, you kind of get like a little vignettes from different parts of the Marvel Universe the Thunderbolts one seemed particularly rushed to me as well I don't know what's going on there
1: um well, I think the the, the but I don't so read, I, I, I don't read Thunderbolts. I, I don't, Thunderbolt, so. don't want to go. I don't want to be like uh, do any spoilers. But there's an appearance at the end of the Thunderbolts vignette, which ties into a different book entirely. Right,
3: right. But like, but I don't see the lead in from that book into this
1: vignette. Yeah, I I don't know because maybe this maybe you know just a publication schedule problem, whereas that other book hasn't reached the point where that would be the lead in. Right because this also by the but l- in
3: that other book
1: in that other <laughs> which we're not spoiling so, yeah.
3: there's a question in the person in the ca- main character's mind as mm-hmm. to whether or not they note the lack of a sexual pronoun are a Aren't scroll you know, clever. or not
1: um or or not yeah exactly <laughs> and that and that question's being brought up all over the marvel universe who's a scroll because one of the things too is their sleep reagents. some of the characters that are scrolls don't know don't they know. are until they're being activated now, this is 9-11, but not just for the Marvel Earth, but for the Marvel Universe, because one of the things that launches this is Annihilation. The Annihilation Wave wiped out a lot of the Skrull colonies, which has then apparently you know, gotten them really... Somehow tied hot. into a religious uh, uh, prophecy as well. Yeah, you know, I, until Bendis came along, I don't remember the Skrulls having a, a set religion... Or you know, like being religious fanatics about it. I thought they, they only practice the- on Scrolls Day.
2: Oh
0: well, well, all right. When is that, by the way? It's on Sunday. No, you were supposed to say. Oh, the date changes. Oh, good. Come on, I'm Long you, up. you don't know what it's on. a
1: really good thing he's not in your head. Oh, okay. He sleeps better at night that I way. Do. All I all do. I right. do. Yeah. Here, squeeze the plushie. All right. So, um, yeah, I I really liked it, and I think I understand what you're saying, the rush thing. Again, a Bendis reaction is when Bendis set up House of M, one of the criticisms was it was a very slow setup. So for this, this summer blockbuster, if this were a movie and it is, let's just go for broke. Let Paramount make an entire Marvel Universe movie and destroy the entire Marvel Universe in the first film. And uh, the first five minutes would have me on the, would have me on the edge of my seat. And that's what I think this yeah, this is. Secret invasion number one is the first five minutes this of has my blockbuster. Bay written I wish I could've seen it. Yeah.
0: I think Rick just hit that one in the head when he basically said it was Michael Bay. Um, because, you know, Michael Bay is known for his flash and his explosions, but not really for his substance. And so I was actually really looking forward to Secret Invasion after just reading it. I'm actually kind of a little disappointed. And maybe it's, you know, on me because my expectations were very high. I just really felt like... Pacing wise, I felt like it was just written very poorly. Like dialogue between the characters was very, felt just very rushed and, and just uncommon, and, and just really felt like it was almost being written by I, like I a have fourteen year old. Why
2: would your expectations be high? You read Civil War.
0: Well, that was a totally different author. I you mean, stop
2: reading Marvel books altogether, my friend. True,
0: true, but I mean, Bendis is you know a pretty sure you know well, competent you writer. Well, yeah. um, Welcome to Hardball. All right. You know, but just reading through it, I mean, and you just kind of skimmed through it. I mean, you know, on, on the surface... And read
1: very well on a skimming.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to say, on the surface, it looks really kind of cool or whatever, but I was hoping for a little more, and, and I just felt like it felt, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, we need to go to the Savage But Land. I'll tell you, actually, oh, we're in the but, but you know what,
1: what Goodson just pointed out? You stopped reading almost all of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. if not all of it, and a lot of this stuff has been set up. I already know this.
0: No, I've actually been keeping up with the New Avengers and Mighty Avengers. Okay, so, I mean, so
1: but but there's also the thing about the Illuminati, and that's been that groundwork has been laid. No, 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 laid. no. I'm
0: not talking about the story itself.
1: I would say, honestly, compared to, say, like a book that was taking a similar tack, at least the first 26 issues of Countdown. Yeah. Trying to do the same thing, snapshots of what's going on all over the world or all over the universe. Right. And to me, granted, yes, Lon, I skimmed it because I sat down here and you guys said you got to read this before we do the podcast. I looked at it; it read so much more smoothly to me. I think you have to
3: compare this to other books that are the core books for a big cross-ish and cross series event, mm -hmm. and compare this to those books.
1: And I
3: think it works a lot better than most of those.
1: Yeah, I would say this is a this is a really big. Know, big bang, if you will, to get it going. It's off with an explosion. I don't feel that I have to read anything else. I do feel that the core action is going to happen here, especially with what happens at the end of the first issue. Yeah. You know, But I, some of the people that, were, that the scrolls infiltrated, actually, re- I read that and I was surprised. I expected some characters or some groups to have, okay, there's a scroll infiltration. Yeah. Where the infiltration was in a couple of those cases to be non-spoilers was just like – I looked at that and went, oh, that didn't occur to me. But of course, it's a, it, you know, it's kind of – makes sense. But So I, it actually had surprises for me, which I didn't expect to have.
3: One thing I was surprised about – just today I listened to the Marvel podcast, which I played for you guys just before we started. And Lon, you said that was part – was that just the audio track to something you, else? Yeah, or?
0: you just heard the audio to the, the official Marvel – Trailer, trailer. Tr- yeah. trailer so there's a video. Yeah, there's a, and it's beautiful video. You know, it's a typical Marvel trailer that it was damn spooky. Just
3: as the audio portion.
0: Oh right? yeah. Well, once you see the video, it's really like you said. Do it, you think we can I pr- edit it in?
3: I'll, I'll excerpt a little bit. I'm sure we can because be that, that was creepy. That was creepy. As a
0: review, we can use it fair use. It's short enough too. Or you could put a link to the video and put yeah. it on the site, and then fans can just. Yeah, check we it should out. We oh, should, should do both. We should
3: do both. But um, and here we do it. Access
1: database. Profile search. Profile found. Profile 92017. Avian race. Designate. Scroll. Journey has been completed. Prophecy
2: fulfillment
1: imminent. Distinguishing characteristics. Race has ability to shapeshift. Current status. Throne world destroyed. Reported attempts of invasion by Scroll race on various planets. Religious background suggests fanatical claim to one planet. Earth. The impediments to prophecy success must be removed. Infiltration. Success. Known allies and enemies have been abducted. Replicants found a scroll impostors. Ability to detect prior to death. 0%. Known compromised. 2. Designate. Electra and Black Infiltration. Success. Infiltration. Fail level rates, status, unknown. Designate Nick Fury. Location, unknown. Priority alert, find Nick Fury. Depth of scroll conspiracy, unknown. Infiltration, success. 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 Alert level, extreme. Conclusion, invasion, imminent. Activate agents.
2: Now, as it is written,
3: and now we're back from that. And what what struck me as unexpected in that was the reference to Nick Fury.
1: Yeah, I, today just got, um, and again. A busy day, so I didn't get a chance to post. But they sent me art, and uh, there's going to be a, spe- a, a parallel series playing where Nick Fury's been and what he's doing and why he scares the crap out of the scrolls more than anything else.
3: So I've just loved the fact that Nick Fury has been this force in the background for like the last couple of years now, isn't? it mm-hmm. And that he helps. He, he can be he can be reached by some people, and he can help them out. But you never see him anymore. And this looks like it's going to be a jumping back on for Nick coming back into. It full absolutely frame. is.
1: Alex Maleev is going to be doing the art. Who is the artist with Bendis on Daredevil? So, so it's going to be a separate book. It's a separate series, separate miniseries, like six or seven issues. Okay. I'll have I'll have that up. Like, where's where's Nick? It's where's gonna... Nick? But I, I think the implication from what comments that, various Marvel Fury people have been doing found is that Ooh. Fury has been aware. And Fury has been making plans. Undoubtedly. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's what it, this is, is now, is is that Nick Fury is making his counter moves and has been aware of this invasion coming for some time. Cool. And so you thought Tony Stark was the mastermind, you don't beat Nick Fury oh, when it I comes don't, to military yeah, intelligence. No doubt. Yeah. I'm Nick Fury back to the... This is going to make Nick Fury the biggest badass in the Marvel Universe, if he isn't already, without yeah. without fantasizing him. Yeah. So...
0: Cool. So they're going to change him to look like Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've done that already. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they already have. So what's up
1: next? So what's up next? Uh, I wanted to follow up on something we talked about last week. <coughs> we had a nice digression on on uh, Howard Chaikin's American flag, and I got an email from Image Comics confirming July. Uh, in time for Comic-Con will be the... July, 4th of July, American flag. Flag, Yes, will be the uh, hardcover edition of the, uh, the first first volume of the American flag, uh, what do you want, archive editions, if you will, where they're trying to recolor, you know, make it as beautiful as you said, what I really like about the plan, I think it's the first six issues in this one hardcover, so i not going for these huge bone-crush, you know, shelf-crushing um, omnibus I editions. I love the shelf-crushing editions. One thing, and it's something that we may be watching over the next month, be aware, with, I'll just be honest be apolitical about it with the economy kind of tanking right now. Yeah. One thing I found interesting about Images' press release, they didn't mention a price Uh, because you cannot predict where paper's going to (laughs) be, sadly, in three months. Okay. So, listeners, if you're a comic book fan, one of the downsides of this is we may be looking at a a price hike in comics within the next two, three months as that Why should they be any different? Right. Yeah. No, but, you know, it's kind of... Loaf of bread... Three, comics, uh, uh, brim, three uh, comics. Baby needs to eat. Yes. So, but what I what I liked about the hard, the, the hardcover thing is, then in September, a softcover edition will come out. So, oh, that's so nice that they're time. doing it both ways. So, that if you know you're someone who likes to have the hardcovers, great. But instead of saying that's the only format, they're going to go ahead and and make so, make so some six, soft
3: I- six issues per edition. So how many total? Right
1: now they were now announce- they were announcing the first two. Okay, so it because six issues and then- and then there's uh, there was some like backup stories or things that he did in some some for some other things that are going to get included in as well. Yeah. You know, uh, supplemental material. So, I think going to be beautiful books for a title for a concept that, say, say the seminal Howard Chaykin work. Certainly, you and I are big fans. Yeah, uh, this might make Goodson into a Chaykin fan if I you know loan him my copy. Doubt it. Well, no, it will. You will love it.
2: Flag. Yeah? I did. I read a a uh, couple of the first few issues when it came out, actually.
1: Okay. A couple of the first few issues? Mm-hmm. When it first came out? Mm-hmm. American Flag back in the 80s when you weren't reading comics?
2: Perhaps we're talking about a different uh, character.
1: A, a different American Flag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> that felt good. Uh, <laughs> so... Another uh, to go over to DC just to speak about uh, their cri- their big summer event, which we know is Final Crisis. You want to talk briefly about the Countdown Revelation, which I think we, I, you know, some of us could. The The, Mortokakis, the Mortokakis, uh, I It's silly to say yeah. the Morticoccus virus, uh, which killed Karate Kid, which hurt me, wounded me deeply. I was a big Karate Kid fan. Yeah, and I'm not talking Rob Manchione. You know. I don't think. Uh, I think Kevin's We lost long. I don't think we've seen the last of Karate Kid. No, I don't think so either. And I'll tell. And I'll tell you why. Not because until the court battle settled. Because sorry. they've announced a final crisis. No, actually, the Karate Kid movies do say at the end, in the credits, it's a trademark of DC Comics. So um, I noticed that back in whatever when the first one came out, and I was like, "How can they do that? It's not. It's not Val armor." And then saw that yeah, it, well. it says that. Um, but uh, Jeff Johns is writing a tie-in miniseries, so the Legion of Superheroes will have their own final crisis. Legion of, th- uh, yeah, Legion of Three Worlds is the official title.
3: Are we jumped too soon, though, because uh, it's been a week now on a weekly book, right? Mm-hmm. Can we, we can talk about the the, yes. the end of that. That's That was Countdown 5, right? I believe so. And, so, and it starts off with this... This uh, the cover has the Statue of Liberty at a forty five degree angle with the world on fire around it, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a after Kirby drawing, you know. So they're they're giving a nod to the fact that this is almost identical to Commandy Number One, mm-hmm. Issue Number One cover, and the whole the the big reveal at the end is this whole virus thing has led up to the creation of the commandy
2: World.
1: But had did it really come as a surprise to you when? Um, a year ago, when all this started, and we were the DC Nation at WonderCon two Februarys ago, he had the button that says, "And lo, unto man, a great disaster will come." And we knew that if you, you, especially as a Kirby fan, would know. I, mean, I did Kirby not make with, the connection to the great disaster. Commandy was the world after the, the yeah. great disaster. Okay, because I mean, well, you know, I'm glad you were surprised. Yeah, that's awesome. I
3: was. It was. It was one of the few really pleasant end of the book reveals. That I mean, I went. I, I realized where the cover came from, but I still didn't put it together until he st- he took off with his son, and I went, "Oh!" And then they they said, grandson, yes, yeah, his grandson." And that was just uh, having been a real fan of that series back in the Kirby Fourth World and, and, and the, beyond, and
1: the grandfather Buddy Blank is yeah. the original guy that became OMAC. OMAC. How that ties in? Yes, you
2: know. I read a few issues of those.
1: Yes, OMAC when it came out in the seventies. Yes.
2: Yes, in the '70s. Before you
1: were born. Yes. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: <laughs> I'm not oh, are we done? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so again, You found you found surprises. Uh, some of the mystery still revealed is uh, still yet to be revealed is we had had we not seen that Earth before. Right. How did they go to an Earth where perfectly though that grouping of heroes who had been on Apocalypse didn't exist right on that Earth? Like there's some weird cosmic game being played we still don't have all the answers to but what i'm trying to put together is how
3: the death of the new god series is going to tie into the the machinations of dark seed in dark side dark side in uh i keep on going back to the germanic pronunciation i know um
1: but kirby was not a fan of the germans yes uh
3: how that's all going to tie together because he's he's playing he's playing the source in one book and he's playing the world in, mm-hmm. and he's playing the uh what are those The monitors uh,
1: The monitors in the other one yeah so it, it just proves he's more evil than we thought it is undoing what happened in crisis on infinite earths because one thing about command D in crisis on, on infinite earths way back when was that the kid that went into command D right. which was where command D started uh, became Tommy tomorrow in crisis on infinite earths so you know they kind of like said you know it's wiped out it's all the they retconned everything and tied it all together into one neat little narrative, quote unquote you know, but now it's like yeah everything anything goes and you know Mark Wade and Grant Morrison tried this ten years it's hyper time we're gonna we're gonna have to go back to hyper time and I'm a fan of it mm-hmm. so anyway and then out of that as I said as I alluded to earlier or said greatly, there's going to be one to separate the Legion because we've got. All the, the three different incarnations of the Legion. There's the one that Mark Wade Mark Wade rebooted. There's the reboot that came as a result of Crisis on Infinite Earths, 22, 23 years ago. And then, of course, there's Legion superheroes that we all loved. And they're not going to do the an, you know, the animated series version. Won't come in. No. But, uh, but the three. It's too bad. And and are there really only three? But you know? all three have been running. Well, there was a fourth one, but the fourth one was actually clones of the second one. Yeah. Literally that was you know, Oh gosh uh, So uh, And then there was another Where Keith Giffen Had aged them Five years Right, let, right like the, more the, future, lesion, the more adult The more adult So Yeah There really are only Three that are offici- That have officially Been in continuity And so They're all going to Get sorted out Which is fine Again if the answer is There, there are multiple Earths They're going to put Power Girl on, Power, on Earth 2 With the JSA That's never Met a JLA You know So I mean it's all We're going back to Everything yeah. that Well some of us loved it's like being Pokemon. I Pokemon, man. You know all 150 monsters. We can know all 150 Earths. That's fine. So, no, no,
2: actually, no, I can't really. Uh, I object. I would like one Earth, please.
1: Okay, we got a Earth with for you. one Earth. Come on. Why don't you go join the Peace Corps? Okay, that wasn't a good segue for you. Nope. Don't no. even
2: really have a response for it. Frankly, I,
1: I, that was part of the plan. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so, I yield. <coughs> Let's move on to, on to films, shall we? Um, a, from Marvel, uh, Stan Lee, not having, not having anything to do with this, like two of the greatest entertainment powerhouses of the 20th century have merged in the 21st century, where Stan Lee he, uh, announced his POW Entertainment has signed a three-picture deal with the Walt Disney Company. And they've got... He will not be writing them, so those who uh, read Just Imagine Stan Lee Created the DC Universe, fear not. Or fear, because he's still involved. Titles are Nick Ratchet, which is some sort of detective thing, uh, Blaze, and Tigress, which I'm going to imagine is about a female superhero named Tigress. Tigress.
2: Is she also a stripper?
1: We can hope. You know. Those are the lamest titles I've heard in quite a while.
2: Thanks, Stanley.
1: Well, I mean, it goes to—he had that director video. I mean, did, did, did he really the blow?
3: His, did he really blow his wad entirely with Stripperella? I mean, that was a name
1: <laughs> entirely. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> entirely. Uh, <laughs> What's her name? It's coming. To it's me. coming. Oh! Oh. Anyway, let's go to some. Mo- well, follow up on a movie that opened last weekend. Lon and I paid money to see a superhero movie. What? Yes. And, and my parents. Have, uh, Hang your
2: head in shame, sir. Yeah,
1: now, my, my children had give me for Christmas two movie passes every year, so I you know use one of my movie passes to. Uh, see I'm anxious it. to see it. How did you like it? Well, I think <laughs> I liked it a little bit better than Lon did. But I think one of the things that, that superhero movie proved to me was uh, it followed very closely, kind of the, the structure of the Spider-Man films, and, and it highlighted to me all the things about the Spider-Man films I didn't like. <laughs> so Wait, I'm trying to figure out what the structure of the Spider-Man films is. Oh, there's in the middle suddenly there's a random music video kind of thing okay, where they play you, that you structure. Know, <laughs> you know, no, I mean it followed the origin of the first one definitely. You know, it, okay. and stole shots out and it's like you know it just lampooned and it was like oh okay, but where in the middle they start playing uh, the Eric Carmen song All by Myself. Which was like the, no, no more ridiculous than the uh, raindrops keep falling on my head sequence from Spider-Man 2. True. And so it was like it, it was almost like it, it, it couldn't go far enough because the Spider-Man films had already, already exaggerated that, yeah. it so badly. And then they threw in a little Batman Begins parody and there was a little shot, a couple shots from the Superman franchise. And that was about it. Uh, And then there were nods to X-Men and Fantastic Four, but they felt really perfunctory. It was like, okay, let's make a joke about X-Men. Boom. There it is. Like, Tracy Morgan as Professor X is about as far away from Patrick Stewart as you can get. Yeah. And I wanted that to be funnier, and it wasn't. I wanted there to be more of it, and there wasn't. And then the the Fantastic Four jokes, one is that Pamela Anderson, stripperella, is uh, the invisible woman having an affair with Professor X. So, briefly funny, I suppose. And then Johnny Storm, Realizes that he's on fire and, you know, jumps off the building and dies. And it's like, why is that funny? Right. That's just yeah. like, you know, he clearly knows he's a superhero and that he's the human torch. That just didn't make any sense. See, Tracy Morgan to me is funny as Tracy Morgan.
3: Well, that's but what I it don't is. think he does anything else. No, he doesn't.
1: But that's why it's funny to me that it's a funny concept that if you just let him kind of be there yeah. pretending to be Professor X, you know, Not trace. really even
3: pretending. I mean, yeah,
1: you know, because he, he can't, because he's. Tracy Morgan he just does his thing and yeah, and it was it, I don't know so that was what, when Leslie Nielsen was there as the Uncle Ben character I can't remember what they called him but it, it felt like I wasn't so now I'm, I'm a little sad watching Leslie Nielsen because I'm not sure that he gets all the things that they have him say <laughs> And you know, and he says it with a great deadpan it's earnestness. Spelled phonetically. You no, know, you know what I mean. It's like that are jokes. That are right, great. right, he just, right. He I just get the, get the feeling. The cultural I just get the feeling he doesn't know, so he just says it and goes, "Okay, gosh, it's Jack or whatever." And, and I also thought, honestly, it felt like a waste of a really good supervillain. The idea of Christopher McDonald as the Hourglass was—it's like, well, that wasn't like an exaggeration. That would—that could really be. That could be working as. A- and you know, and so some of that, and they do. And they do do a scene in a comic comic book convention, but they rush that. So it feels like everything where they really have a lot of potential, they rush through in favor of let's parody something you actually seen. How long was the movie? Oh, uh, it f- seventy minutes. Four hours long. No, no, <laughs> not <laughs> even ninety. And not, now long. Um, I'm not sure it was radio. even ninety minutes. It's one of those again. And, and then in the closing titles, they showed a bunch of del- alternate scenes. Yeah. And. It's like, wow, and that was like five minutes. It's like when you got five minutes of alternate scenes, you're sort of like going, really, you got to pad this out? Really? You know, it was, you know, it was bizarre. So Craig Mazin, who wrote and directed it, did a very good superhero movie once. It was the specials. Go out and rent that or buy that DVD. Superhero movie is not his good But this is supposed to be a parody. Right. right. So is the specials a parody? The specials is a comedy. But it's a very good comedy about, you know, it's very low budget. I'll loan it to you. Yeah, okay. and Michael's got it. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, you know it's about a su- the seventh most popular super team in America, and you know they, they may not be very good, but they're better than you. And it's it's about like the superheroes just kind of punch the clock. They go, I love they do Mystery Men. I mean, Mr. yeah. yeah they, well, like the pinnacle. Of, I'm not a big of fan thing. of the way it was directed, but I really like the script and I really like the acting in Mystery Men. And, yeah. and I think the specials, especially how little money they had. Does an incredible job of doing a superhero, of doing a superhero movie. and I look forward to comparing the two. Okay,
3: but we haven't heard from Lon. What do, Lon's what not do you actually think? Here. It uh, it sucked. I hated it. Okay, that's that's good. What
1: about you? Want to talk about what we saw forgetting Sarah Marshall last week? No, because I well, I mean we we're can a little far in advance. Yeah, let's we're let's a little wait. far in let's advance. Wait. Okay, so uh, just to say that that's full of all kinds of fanboyish goodness, and uh, you know, so we're all for that. Now on television. I don't have much news. I mean, obviously the season's kind of whatever, scattered about where it is. Still enjoying Big Bang Theory. Big Bang but some Theory. DVD announcements. Um, one that I, I I have been waiting, actually, to come out on DVD because I feel like it's a forgotten animated series, Freakazoid is coming. Oh, yeah. yeah do you ever watch Freakazoid? Yeah. Yeah, so a really clever superhero parody from, the, I guess, the mid-'90s. I think Steven Spielberg produced it for Warner I believe Brothers. you're correct. And uh, it's actually, you know, a really clever show that's sort of gotten lost. I don't think it's been shown. T- so that's coming. So I'm looking forward to that this summer. So com- around Comic-Con time, there's some really good stuff to, uh, <clears throat> I guess maybe that's probably what they're promoting. They're shooting this shooting this stuff out because um, they don't have a lot of movie stuff to be able to promote. Yeah, the so, merchandise so at Comic-Con. So the merchandise at Comic-Con. Uh, Witchblade. The television series is coming. I've never watched Witchblade, so I can't speak to it. And you know I the live some, action one. The live action one. I, with I watched Nancy a couple Butler. episodes of it, and I was bored. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, my wife was into it briefly. Was into and it. Was into Witchblade. So yeah. you watched. Do you have any comments or opinions mm, on it? No. It yeah. was too much of a cop show with very little. little Witchblade. Very, well, you couldn't really duplicate that costume uh, for a TV show. You could try. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could try give it harder. give it a try. <laughs> if only at home you could see the look of desperation and (laughs) earnestness on Rick's face. One that I know it's kind of I have mixed emotions about but I know I'm, I'm, you know, I'll enjoy having on the shelf for stupid reasons. Birds of Prey is finally coming to DVD. Apparently the, apparently the fifth most requested television (laughs) series on the, there's like some website, Rick, for people to, like, survey what series they want on DVD. That's what the Warner Brothers uh, home video uh, email said. So um,
2: They wouldn't lie.
1: No, they wouldn't. Uh, How many seasons was that? That's one season. Just one season. Stumbled to it. And it was a series with some great potential, but it's one of those where it feels like, at times, someone who understood the mythos... um, maybe, like, looked in and said, maybe you should do this. Who produced that? Was that... It's the same guys that produced Smallville. Okay. Um, yeah, it feels a lot like it. Yeah. yeah. I, but I don't think it ever lived up to the potential it had of, one, I think, you know, Dina Myers was a great Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great idea. And it had a great opener, if you remember that, where they'd actually hired... I thought the right way to do the Joker, really, right now, at that time, they hired a guy who looked like the Joker, and they let Mark Hamill voice him. And, uh, and showed the whole like killing joke origin in the first five minutes yeah and it went downhill from there it was a great great opener and it was like I thought oh this is gonna be a really cool series and then nothing ever felt as good as who that. Was it who played Harley Quinn uh, or dr. Harley dr. Quinn? dr. Harleen Quinzel yeah uh, was originally and I've seen it both ways uh, Mia Sarah played it in the series she was the uh, girl who was in legend and uh, now woman. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She played it in the series. Right, 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 right. And the original pilot, which I think we had originally reviewed on on Fanboy Planet because we got, we got a copy, was um, the girl who played Audrey Horn on Twin Peaks.
3: Oh, oh, yeah. Now, both had
1: different qualities to them that would have made them really good Harley Quinns, but that was the other thing, too, is that it really wouldn't commit to that idea and explain what was going on with the continuity and Batman was still alive, but they couldn't show him ever after those first five minutes. And so it was just—it was just a really frustrating series. And when they would acknowledge any characters from the comics, it was just bad. He's grew up like Clayface was in there. There's a there's an episode with Clayface as a villain, and it's kind of uh, uh, Black Canary was in there. Yeah, um, wasn't she a semi-regular? Uh, no, she was the daughter... Do- the girl they had that had the Black Canary powers was the daughter of the original Black Canary. Oh, that's right. And so Lori Laughlin played her in one episode, came in as Diamondbacks. And they had Huntress. Also And they had Huntress, yes. I mean, right. it, again, see, you're, you're you're hearing what I'm saying, Michael. It was yeah. potential. Had a lot of potential. Didn't live up to it. A lot of potential
2: yeah. for hot chicks, but uh, apparently, by no the way, no delivery.
1: We, and we haven't really been talking about Smallville, but when this season comes out on DVD, I think we need to watch some of it because Black Canary showed up there, and I liked the mo- the modification of Black Canary they did on Smallville this season, and really bringing that Justice League, uh, Justice League of America together. Uh, some of the updates they've done on the heroes on that show have looked really good. I haven't caught up. I haven't. I realize I haven't even seen an episode with with Kara with Supergirl, but uh, oh
3: yeah, no. I've been watching him. I, I, all I watched was the
1: first, the first episode. I've been i been watching it
3: him out too. of order, and I've got to get somebody explain to me when when she's supposed to know who she is and when she's
1: not. And yeah, I don't know yet, but I'll ca- when I catch up, I'll tell you. Yeah, I guess. and that's,
0: that's all I got. Any uh, long did you watch WrestleMania? No, I didn't. I didn't catch it. Nah. I just saw the highlights or okay. got the updates. So. Uh, were there any surprises there? Uh, just that Orton kept the belt, and that was about it. Okay. And Ric Flair retired Which was we, we all thought, we it was, all coming. thought
1: it was coming okay. uh, Yeah so uh, let me just throw out a question To end on a higher note We'll say uh, Of the uh, video game tie-ins this summer For Incredible Hulk, Iron Man I'm seeing that all the comics have uh, Iron Man video game ads On the back Which, uh, which video game are you uh, most excited about? Which ones are they we choosing from? Uh, let's see, we would probably have a, a, a Dark Knight video game, we would probably we have a an Iron Man, a Speed Racer, Speed Racer for the Wii, oh, a, Wii. Speed a Speed Racer. Racer for the Wii, um, just Michael seems to disapprove, mm-hmm. Incredible Hulk, uh, the Sega just released an Incredible Hulk trailer, but an I don't Iron know Man. because I'm not all that excited that about the Incredible Hulk movie. All
2: Batman games suck. Let me just... Uh, okay. Oh, no, no, they're Universal
3: better than the all League. Hulk games. All Hulk the games last Hulk are really game suck. really fun. Really?
2: And it, it's it's a sequel to that same uh, play gameplay.
1: Same same engine. So they okay. may have
2: worked out a, more, a few more of the details on it. This is the one where you just run around and smash and break cars and make them into fists and... It was more fun than any other Hulk
1: game. I do like Mindless Destruction for 10, 15 minutes. It was somewhat what what the Heroes became. Now we're talking
3: console, and console for me is about the buttons and the the switches and everything I've got at at my hand. Sure. So if I'm going to try and maximize that, I have to go with Iron Man over Hulk.
2: I've seen Iron Man. It looks gorgeous. There's a lot of in-flight flight. But I'm going to be able fighting. to do
3: different things. I'm going to be able to activate his weapon systems at but different
1: it, times. I so f- imagine. First
2: generation stab at an Iron Man game, which I'm yeah. going to say.
1: Uh, first generations make. make you nervous.
2: Right. I mean, the Spider-Man games weren't good to like the second or third one. So. Okay. Yeah. The first one, they just t- take the license. There's no money left over because they paid everything for the license. Yeah, when you're
1: talking about the Spider-Man games, you mean like the Atari 2600 game? No, the, okay. one, the
2: ones that came out with the uh, okay. original movie titles.
1: So. Because that one blue. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, you're... so I
2: think the safe bet is uh, the Incredible Hulk game. The uh, Dark Horse is Iron Man.
1: Uh, okay. I'm going, I'm going
3: with Iron Man. I still think. You're Dark strong. Horse, my friend. Yes, I am. Oh, my. Oh my!
1: What about? Well, I don't know. Is there a Hellboy game coming? I haven't heard anything. Which is which is weird. I think Hellboy Two is actually scheduled to open opposite The Dark Knight, and I can't think of a stupider move they could have possibly made at Universal Studios. Um, I'm hoping they I hope they blink and I hope they move it up a little bit and you know something because otherwise Hellboy Two is going to get creamed. For a movie that's probably going to be decent, you know, not i it may not be fantastic, but uh, but. Fun. I just
2: watched the first one a couple months ago. It was, it- Holds up nicely. It's yeah, so fun. it's fun. It's fun.
1: Characters. I know. Yeah. I'm saying, it's not like you know. You don't have that. Every now and then, I have the surge. I gotta watch Batman Begins. You know, I, and and I'm, I'm fair
2: with
3: you, uh, yeah, I know. Well, there was a freebie uh, notice not for anybody who's got uh, Rock Band on the 360. Um, you can <coughs> download, and you, if you're a Portal fan, especially, you can download for free the Portal theme "Still Alive" to play with Rock Band, which I am I am dying to see. <laughs>
1: You have rock band.
3: I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. oh we got it. We're getting it at work. <laughs> I know. Look I like what you say.
1: Yet. Yeah. All right. So, well, that's it. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Michael Goodson. He knows who he
0: is. Lon Lopez. Rick Brett Snyder. Fanboy Planet. Right? Yes, okay. Hey, what's up? This is Josh Keaton, the voice of Peter. Uh, we'll start again. <laughs> hey, this is Josh Keaton, the voice of Peter Parker and Spider-Man on the spectacular Spider-Man animated series. You are listening to the Fanboy Planet podcast, and I'm just reminding you, as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, to use your powers only for good. Thanks, man. This week's podcast is brought to you by Baggage from DC Comics.
3: And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.
1: Time, his his review of our show was pretty
3: good. Okay, he talks about about our show. <coughs> was and the interview okay? I have no the interview idea. was just fine, right. and Interviews? he went. He goes, they all have radio voices, and they play. And lawn is the sandpaper.
1: Yes, that's what he told me. Yeah, the
0: sandpaper. What does that mean? That means you Please rough you keep things me the up. Wrong way.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You challenge things, but he said he said in a good way. I mean,
1: oh, good!
3: Okay. He went out of his way to comment about you. I thought you'd like that.
1: That's great. He was wearing a T-shirt that said had your face on it. Yeah, a little I,
3: closer. The one thing about bringing it close to your head—I mentioned this last week—is kind of a joke, but it's true. Your head blocks the rest of the store. From your no, microphone. I have a big
1: head. I've got no. have got no, no problem it's with that. No, just it.
3: being there <laughs> helps. Okay. I didn't, mean, I, I didn't mean you'd blot out the sun no, or anything. No, physically I have a large cranium. It's
1: okay. I'm all right with that. Yeah, okay. Okay?
3: All right. But, um, and here we do it.
1: Like I mentioned
0: to you and now we're back from last
1: night. Or, oh. And now we're back from that. Um, <laughs> Shut up, you whiny, plushy baby. I'm just saying. Go put on a squirrel costume and go to a cosplay thing. And now we're back from that. Now what, Why a
0: squirrel costume? Oh I don't get
3: it. <laughs>
2: What's your favorite, buddy? And <laughs> the person being quiet.
3: And now we're back from that. And what what struck me as
1: unexpected...
2: And, and wouldn't that, it be better to have Uncle Ben as an old black man with some rice?
1: Well, you, sir, deserve a Hollywood contract. At least to do the sequel to Superhero Movie. Michael Gutz will be writing Superhero Movie 2. Uh, you heard it here first, but only after, of course, he does the film adaptation of DC's Baggage. You don't have to make shit up for the podcast. I'm not. (laughs) I'm, I'm, uh, pew.